All right. Well, if you can, that's your problem, I guess. So. Anyways, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4 this evening. We're going to look at the body um, and the church. In the whole um, vision that God gave Pastor Zeke about um, refresh, renew, and revive, um, uh, in looking at uh, the church as a whole and, and what it what it is and how it came to be and exactly, you know, where we're at with that and everything. I think that it has to do with everything as far as Refresh, Renew, Revive. This is the place where you're going to, that's going to happen. I think that this is how, uh, you know, he set it all up because we are the church, you know, us individually. And it isn't like a thing where we can come here and and it hasn't got anything to do with just like being in a religion or anything like that. It's a it's a whole life um, inside and out kind of a, a thing. And so that's what we're going to look at tonight. And so um, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to have to stand behind this podium here. They're going to give me one of those mics. You know, I could do the Jimmy Swagger thing, you know, and kind of wander around and stuff. But I would be going like this, and so it would be cutting out and stuff. So I'm going to have to stand here because I had this lapel thing, but that didn't work, or Thomas didn't like it. So, And if Thomas ain't happy, nobody is. And so, you know, uh, it was one of those things where, okay, then, uh, you know, you stay right there. So I'm going to be kind of stuck behind here. So if I wander off and you can't hear me, just, you know, Daniel can go. And then I'll come back and get back on track again. So anyway, let's pray. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we glorify you tonight, Lord. We praise you for this time that we can just worship and just uh, draw close to you and know that your presence is here, feel you, Father, tonight, and and to glorify you. And so we place this time in your hands. Please have your way, Father. Please move by your Spirit as you already have here by your Word tonight. Please touch us and, and open us up to just uh, draw closer to you, that when we'll be changed when we leave here today, that we'll understand and know, Lord, that we are your church, your body, and that you're the head, but that uh, also you're in us, and, uh, and that we are a part of that. And so we honor you, and we place this all into your hands. Have your way, Lord, tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul begins by telling us, you know, how uh, he, he's a prisoner here. And uh, it talks about how he was in prison in, from like 60 A.D. to like 68 A.D. But then there's speculation he may have been martyred in 67 A.D. and that kind of thing. So, and then it may be broken up. He got out of prison at one point and then went back in and that kind of stuff. And there's there's all kinds of cool stuff that you can get into and study and, and check all that stuff out and everything. But um, he wrote this probably around 60 A.D., so right after he wound up in prison. And so his his mindset is is one of, of just uh, kind of a, you know, uh, this is where I'm at, and this is what's going on, but, you know, he's he's excited, and, and he's really just putting forth that, you know, that teaching that, you know, that we're all unity, we all have a unity, we're all one, and that we can just, you know, draw close and stuff together in that. And, um, but um, to start this off with, in, in Revelation chapter 1, 
um, around verse 12 through 15, um, John is talking about how he's kind of describing what he's seeing. He's on the island of Patmos, and he's he's just kind of checking, you know, he's he's in the vision now and, and stuff, and he hears, you know, Jesus behind him, and he starts to speak, and he sounds, it's like, sounds like many waters, you know, and all that kind of stuff, you know. And he turns around to see him standing there, and uh, this guy knew Jesus, he put his his head on his chest. I mean, he loved on him. You know, he, they talked, they cried together. They, you know, they, I mean, they they were just like more than brothers. You know, and uh, when he turned around and saw him, he fainted dead away, man. You know, because he just, you know, he was tripping when he saw him. He just like blam fell down like he was dead. You know, because and and when John Corson, when he's t- uh, doing his teaching through Revelation, he talks about this and he asks us, "What did we? You know, how do we view Jesus? You know, and you know we view him as one who." you know, was with the little children and he's teaching those or, you know, maybe he's, you know, telling off a Pharisee or something or maybe we like that part where he's throwing tables around and kicking chickens and all that kind of cool stuff, you know, and everything. But, you know, or or maybe on the cross, you know, we want to be all killer holy and I, yeah, I know, just he's on the cross and stuff. But in his glorified state right now, we would fall down just like John when we would pass out. If he came in here right now, the way he is right now in glory, we, we, we couldn't handle it, man. We'd be like freaking. We'd just pass out. We'd just be like, blam. But the cool part about that is, is, is he says that he's standing in the midst of the golden lampstands. And in verse 20 in that chapter, he explains what that means. He's standing in the midst of the churches. That's where Jesus is. If you want to be close to him, he's in church. And so it's kind of like, you know, no, man, I'm a lone wolf. You know, I'm going to like just, you know, the desert is my church. You know, well, if that's the case, then obviously you don't live here, you know, but, um, you know, or, or, you know, anyway, the redwoods or my, you know, or, or, you know, the ocean or, you know, I just, my family is my church or, or maybe little league or soccer or something, you know, or whatever it is that people do on the weekends or on Sunday or whatever. And, you know, maybe it's some awesome cathedral somewhere. And, uh, but, uh, really, we're going to examine just what exactly the church is tonight, and Jesus is in the midst of that. And when we get done with this, maybe we, we can begin to realize what that means and what he's saying. And in that awesome, incredible, glorified state, you're going to be like, whoa, man, you know, we're, we're part of that. He's in us, and, and we're all together in unity in that and this building is cool, and we all get to come here, but we also have that outside the walls and in different places all over the place. And so we're part of that church wherever we go. And so, you know, that, that whole thing, you know, can become a mindset so that as our walk progresses, we begin to understand just what it means to be part of the church and, and how God has given us that. In um, Ephesians four, chapter in verse one, chapter four, verse one, he says, 
I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity uh, of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And so um, he's talking here about how, you know, he's a prisoner. You know, and he's and he's a prisoner because he was serving the Lord. And he's like going, I beg you to want to lead a life worthy of your calling. In in uh, Romans chapter twelve, um, he also uses the same you know term. He uses I beseech you, and uh, in there he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now, when we look at this and we kind of begin to correlate the two and we begin to understand his mindset as he's putting this forth, um, sometimes I think that, you know, I should get something kind of, you know, special because I'm serving God or doing something special or doing something along the lines or an attaboy or ruffle my hair or something, you know, but no, it isn't like that. He's like saying the stuff that I got you doing and those things, those are reasonable service. And that's where Paul is coming from here. He's in prison because of, of, you know, what he, because of the gospel. And because of that, that is reasonable. That, that's the progression that's going to happen. That can happen to some of us, or there can be however we react in adversities and that kind of thing, or in blessings or whatever, whatever he's saying. It's like the term living sacrifice is just that. It's one that's put on the altar. That's the kind of sacrifice he's talking about there. And so he's saying that we're on the altar, you know, and, and that is reasonable. That means you give your life. And the cool thing about that is, is that we're on the altar with eyes wide open. We have to understand that. This isn't like, like when they did the altar, when they did the sacrifices, they killed them, bled them out and stuff, cut them in pieces and laid them on the altar and stuff. We're not in that position. We're on the altar with eyes wide open so we know what's going on and what's happening. Man, I don't want to be in that spot. I don't want to be up there with my eyes open. That's creepy and stuff. No, no, it's cool. Then you'll see. We'll check this out. And so it's like, it's okay. That That's a good thing. And so he says here, you know, that he's a prisoner and he begs us to lead a life worthy of the calling for you have been called by God. And so then he goes in and he tells us this, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for for others, faults, you know, others' faults because of the love that you have for each other. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit and binding yourselves together in peace. Now, what I've done for the backdrop of this is I use the New Living Translation, and I'm, we're also going to use the Amplified here too. So if I get forget to mention that, I just want to make sure you guys understand this. I, I didn't come up with all these cool things on my own. I'm not that smart, but... Um, this is this is what how uh, we can gain some clarity for what the word says and gain a little bit of an understanding here. So what's really cool about this is he's giving us a base for the church here. 
He's already encouraging us, you know, to be gentle and to and to have humility and patience and love and to be peaceful with each other and that sort of thing. And that's where the encouragement is here. And he's drawing us, you know, out and encouraging us. And, and it's a beseeching. He's begging us to to walk this calling and to walk worthy of that calling. And, and, and so that we can begin to understand and, and grasp some knowledge here as to as to you know where he's coming from here galatians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23 they we they describe the fruit of the spirit and it's love joy peace uh long suffering kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control and so we can see now the correlation between these things as we he's encouraging us in this these are gifts that that are or a fruit that's going to start coming out of us as we begin to move and and such in the spirit but uh, the cool thing is is that you know that we're to exercise this fruit in the church and stuff but the cool thing is is that if you go over to Galatians 5 and you look at those other two verses after that 24 um, through um, 26 um, this is where or uh, yeah 24 through 26 this is where you know we kind of see some things that's you know that's a little bit more so than what what we always like to look at those those uh, fruit that that can become but it says also and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires let that sink in for a little bit you know, he says that we have crucified those things, you know, the, crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. The flesh does not dictate what goes on. And so there's keys in this all through this for us to begin to realize that the flesh does not dictate our lives. And it shouldn't because it's been crucified with Christ and the passions and the desires with it. Yeah, man, but how come I got all that stuff? That's because you let the flesh rule. That's why. Because now we have to come to an understanding that when, when he says right there, let us not, uh, he goes, if we're going to live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. The Spirit is in us and he's alive. And so we need to start walking in it and making it real. And then... Things begin then to change in my life and passions and desires and junk for the flesh doesn't dictate and rule my life. I do that in Christ. And all of a sudden I have control and power over the things that's going on in my life instead of that my flesh dictating to me Then all of a sudden things change. And so then he then the in verse 26 he says, let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. And so he's like going, you, you, if, you, if this, you live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. And your passions and desires have already been crucified with Christ. So get a grip, get control, gain it, you know, get, get you know, on this, you know, and don't let the, you know, dictate what's going on. And then you're not going to get caught up in provoking and envying and all that kind of junk and that stuff, you know. And then when we look back in Ephesians then and we start to understand when he's like going, okay, you know, now he can encourage us to exercise the fruit with each other here in the church and now we can begin to see how that refresh, renew, and revive can become real because of the body of Christ. The other day, I was um, coming in um, in the church, and uh, this guy comes pulling up, and I hadn't seen him for quite a while. And he's an old friend, and uh, he just, uh, 
He said, man, I've been out there and I, I just saw you walking in and I just wanted to say, you know, uh, what time are the church uh, times? I want to come to church, you know. Well, it's on the sign out there, you know, that's, you know, but, you know, it doesn't take much to figure out what the sign, you know, what the times are, but that's okay. Cause he wanted to talk to somebody and that, you know, and I just happened to be in the parking lot. And so he's like going, what's the times I told him and stuff. And yeah, he's going to come and everything and stuff. And uh, yeah, he's been out there and he's been having trouble, but you know, he wants to get his feet under him and he wants to come back and he wants to be refreshed, renewed, revived. He wants that and he knows where to go to get that and this is the place that he knows that that can happen and so this is where it starts for us even if we come here and we've been coming here for 30 years and we're getting burnt and we're getting tired and all that kind of stuff and all of a sudden this vision comes down and God's like going this is the place I want you guys I want you guys you know to get refreshed and renew revive man there's cool stuff coming up you're gonna get ready it's gonna be crazy you know and stuff and you're like yeah yeah this is the place to be. It's like, going, all right, I'm going to go to the desert, you know, or to the redwoods. Or No, that's dumb, man. You know, it's here is where you need to be. Unless, you know, you want to go up to Fort Bragg, up to that killer church up there. But then we're not going to talk about that. No, we're not going to talk about that. But anyways, no. But you're still, the body is, is wherever you go. And we're going to look at that here in a second. And that's the cool part about this. So um, <clears throat> so we have crucified the flesh, and, and we live in the Spirit. We should also walk in the Spirit. So she, we should make every effort to keep ourselves united in the Spirit amongst us. And that's what his encouragement is here, and, and that sort of thing. Schofield puts it this way in the Schofield Bible, he says, the Christian life in the spirit is unified in purpose and direction in contrast with the life in the flesh with its inner conflicts and frustrations. It will be hard to do this by ourselves in the world, but united in the spirit here with other believers, we can stand strong. How cool is that? We can stand strong here together. I don't need church, man, you know, I can watch TV, you know, and, and get the word and all that kind of stuff and everything, you know, and, oh, man, I don't like church because there's people there, you know, that's the worst part of it, you know, and it's like, no, no, man, this is the place where we need to go, but there's people there, and they're like, irritate me, then that, then you need to help them not to be an irritation, you know, or there's, there's things that you can do to serve, to help, or, or there's ministry there that, that in some way that you can do stuff or anything, you know, it's like, I'm not going to that church, the place is falling down, man, it's a wreck, well, that's cool, because if you're good with tools, then you can go over there and fix it, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of neat stuff that can happen, and you can be united with other brothers and sisters in, in here, here, and he's encouraging us to do that, he's giving us a a foundation here from which to move which he's already given as we go back and we begin to look and see how you know in in hebrews 10 he says that you know let us consider you know in 10 24 and 25 let us consider one another to stir up love and good works and so he's like going we consider love and good works by by you know 
you know, considering other people and what kind of a thing can I do for you? When I, when I put myself aside and I begin to pay attention to other people, then when that happens, then it can stir up love and good works in those people and in myself too, because I want to make a difference. I want to change things. I want to help people. I want to do something different. If I can get myself off of my, my own passions and my own desires, which have already been crucified and that kind of stuff, everything begins to kind of lay in place and I begin to understand that it's all about somebody else more so than me that's when I begin to understand that I can really then um, you know pay attention to and walk in the spirit as I live in the spirit and that kind of stuff because all of a sudden things become more other centered than it is you know just when I get my eyes on myself that's when my flesh can take over and I can get caught up in the envying and all that other kind of you know stuff like like that so he said then he goes on and says let us not neglect our meeting together as some do but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near and it's a lot closer now than it was way back then so pay attention because it's getting close man it's crazy what did they say the other day or this morning in the paper in the victor valley news the sheriff just came out and said that the um uh violence the violent crime rate is up 20% in the high desert up 20% from this time last year that's crazy man it's getting nuts you know and you look at the comments and stuff and people are going i'm getting out of here well where are you going to go you know it's just going to be the same way wherever it is you're going to go especially if you want to get more remote because all the tweakers and the cooks and stuff they all like to go remote too that's where they all go you know they're going further and further out and so are you and so you're just going with them you know because they don't want you or the cops or anyone else to know they're out there either and so they're everybody's moving out you know and stuff and so you know it's just getting worse and so you know, it's all condensing down to where we can see that his return is imminent and it's coming. Looking at verse 4, he says, There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Man, what a mouthful. You know, Pastor Z could take this and he could go a week with a scripture like that, man. Nonstop. I'm telling you, man. You know, you, you, you look at something like this and it's just endless. It's bottomless. It just keeps going and going and going. And, and so, <clears throat> you know, there's one body and we, the church, are that body. That's, and, and he's talking about us. Ephesians chapter 1, I'm going to read these in the, in the uh, Amplified so that I can kind of get a whole perspective here of, of where these are at. But in Ephesians chapter 1, looking at verses 22 and 23, it says this, And he put all things in every realm in subjection under Christ's feet and approved him as supreme and authoritative head over all things in the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills and completes all things in all believers. Man, that's crazy, man. And that's the, that's where he's, he's, it's the church. Christ is the church. We are the church. He's in us. We're in him. And he fills all things. And it doesn't stop. It just keeps going on. He put all things, everything, 
in subjection to Christ, and he is over all things in the church, which is his body. For in that body the church lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with himself. But man, I can't stop sin. It's easy to say, preacher, you know, that you can get up there and say that I crucified the flesh and all them passions and desires, but man, they overcome me and I can't stop. Oh, yes, you can. Because he says so right there because Christ is everything and he's in you and you can stop. There isn't a one of us in here that doesn't have control over the flesh. Not one of us. Nobody is so overcome that Jesus goes, "Ah, I guess you're right, but everybody was cool, but Gary, God just could never get it together, you know? No. He's like going, no, man, you know? When he said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, he meant that straight up, and he meant it for all of us. And we have to understand exactly what that means. His grace is sufficient, and it's continuous. It doesn't stop. It's always going, 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 going. And so all the time when we're all up and down and we're, we're a mess or we're doing good or whatever, he's always right there, and it's always you know right there for us all the time, and we're gaining in that strength and that sort of thing. So that when adversity really does slay us and knocks us down, we can go, praise God, man, you know, that, that I can handle this because I know, you know, that my Redeemer lives and stuff. Those songs that we sang tonight was incredible, man. How awesome they were towards this very thing. Some of them were old, man. You know, I was like, oh, right on, man. I hadn't heard them songs in a while. You know, it was cool, you know. So anyways, um, Ephesians chapter 2, um, 20, verse 21 and 22. In him the whole structure is joined together, and it continues growing into a holy temple in the Lord, a sanctuary dedicated, set apart, and sacred to the presence of the Lord. In him and in fellowship with one another, you also are being built together into a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Oh, man. It doesn't stop. It doesn't end. When he tells us, you know, that you can crawl upon the altar of sacrifice with your eyes wide open and you can you and this is your reasonable service, this is why because you are the dwelling place of God and he's right there. So he is there too. And so when you're like going, "Man, I'm laying myself out there." He goes, "I know. I know. It's cool." You know, I'm here too. I haven't gone anywhere. We can do this. You got this. I got this. You got this. We got it together and we can do this. And so this is an unbelievable scripture because he's telling us that together we are a dwelling place of God and the Spirit right here, man. Then it's the church. If you're going to be renewed and refreshed and revived, this is the place. This is where it's at. Because there's, there, there isn't any other place. We're going to look at that um, here in a second. Ephesians 5.30, we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Blam, there it is. Christ is the body. He's the head of the body. He is the body. We are the body. And we are the church. And so this is where everything begins to fit together. And we begin to understand 
Let's go on. There's one body, the church, and one spirit. And just as we have been called in one glorious hope for the future, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. Wow. Unreal, man. I mean, you know, if we don't get excited about this, then, uh, you know, we're probably already got dirt on us. Because I'm telling you, this is stuff that should stir us up and get us excited and get us to understand just how awesome God is. Because, man, when he says he's given it all and, and everything, this is unbelievable how far he has gone so that we can be with him. And we can be translated from this kingdom into the son of his love right now in present tense. We have all of this now. And this is where the refresh, the renew and revive comes from. It's from the church because Jesus is in the midst of the church. And if you want to become a lone wolf and wander around out there, don't do that. Stay here. Because this is where you're safe, and this is where you're going to be taken care of, and this is where you're going to learn, and you're going to grow, and you're going to know this, and you're going to then walk in the Spirit as you live in the Spirit. Because of passion, the, your passions and, and desires have already been crucified with the, with the flesh. In John chapter 17, looking at verse 14, <clears throat> Jesus himself is talking here, and this is a prayer that he has um, for us. And uh, he's talking about us here. And he says here, looking at uh, verse 14, he says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they're not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Check that out. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that I may be sanctified by the truth. He gave us the word, and the word, the world hates us. You know, and so when we know that. And we're not of this world just as he isn't of this world. He prays God to keep us from the evil one. And then he says we are set apart by the truth and the word is truth. And we are sent you know, out into this world. This is his body, us, the church has been sent out. And that's how he's sending us out. It's as the church in the body. It's his body. So as we go back to Ephesians here then. Looking at verse 7, he says, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. He gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended. And what does that mean? But that he also first descended into the lowest parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. God's grace, his unmerited favor, was given to each of us individually, not indiscriminately, but in different ways. 
He didn't just kind of, you know, cast it out and hope it glances on anybody. It's all very pointed. It's all very particular. It's all very personal in his personal relationship. He knows where you're at, and that's how he touches each and every one of us. You know, it's very personal, you know, in proportion to the measure of Christ's gift. And when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he bestowed gifts on men. He also descended into the lowest parts of the earth. And so he descended and ascended lowest to the highest so that he might fill all things, the whole universe, man. And when he said, it is finished, it is complete, he wasn't kidding. He's covered all bases. He's been everywhere. He's covered everything. He's filled all things. Everything is full. There isn't, there is, he's touched everything everywhere. There isn't any place he hasn't been. Man, he doesn't know what I'm going through. Oh, yes, he does. And he feels your pain and he cries along with you. He knows what's going on and he feels it. And so, and he even saves up the tears. He knows. He knows what's going on. He knows where you're at. He knows the pain. He knows what's happening. And, And he hasn't gone anywhere. He says that it's finished. So looking at verse 11. And he gave himself some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's us here till we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knitted together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So there we have it now. Now his description of the body and how he's pulling everything together and we begin to understand and see exactly what the body is, that the church is Christ and the church is his body and the church is us. And he fills all things and he fills us. And so now he's teaching us. There isn't anybody that's going to be left out on the fringes or whatever. The only time that is when I decide I'm going to go out there and I'm going to stay out on the fringes and I don't want to get hooked in or I want to play games or or however it is that's going on or I allow sin or some other kind of junk to take me away and pull me away and, and take me out somewhere and stuff. There's no excuse because there's no reason for me because I understand that everything he's done already has made put me in a position to where my walk should be stellar and right on and perfect and I shouldn't be in any kind of distress but I am right and we all are but that doesn't mean he's gone anywhere he's still there and he's still the same and everything pulls together He gave some to be apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. And who did he give these to? The church. That's where they're at. And this is where you get the teaching from. And so, you know, and in this church, it's, you know, book, chapter, and verse. And so you get the full counsel of God. You get the full, you know, teaching every single time you come in here. Even in the Sunday schools and stuff, it's the same. 
the teaching, the word goes forth all the time. And even in the worship and stuff and everything that goes on here, the full counsel of God is given all the time. And, and there's a complete reliance on his spirit. And that's a guarantee. There, it, it's, it's always about him. There isn't anything else that can take that place. And so every time that anything is put forth here, it's by the spirit of God. And it comes from you know, from him, and he's the one that's in control, and he's guiding it, and that's why the word goes forth, and you know that that's what you get when you come here, and so you're always going to get taught here, and it's for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, the church, that we all come into the unity of the faith, and this is where he's he's building up that that he's already said before, and the fruit of the spirit is there, and it's and it's put forth, and then it it becomes exercised in us, and that we can bind together. Oh, we have strife and we have problems and that sort of thing, and there's always some kind of issues and and weird things that go on and all that kind of stuff. It's it that's just the way people are and that sort of thing. And there's different personalities and different levels of people where their walk is and all kinds of trippy stuff and everything. That happens, sure. But we have to begin to understand that we're all together. They say you can't pick your family, you know. And so, yeah, you got those weird uncles and, you know, maybe I'm a weird uncle. I don't know, you know. Then there's people thinking of that about me. I don't know. But, I mean, you know, there's... uh there's just those people that you know they're there and they and they you know they're just they're just oddballs or whatever and churches have you know oddballs in them and too according to us but they think we're oddballs too you know but I still go there everybody's weird but I go there anyways you know and stuff and but I mean they we're all brothers and sisters and we have a unity here and that's why you know his desire is is for us to you know, to stay close so that we can encourage and we can love on each other and that sort of thing. Oh, there's tough times and sometimes you have to put your foot down and those kinds of things. And, and when you have pastors that have boldness and they will make those decisions for because they're shepherds. And the pastors here are shepherds, I guarantee you. They are not just dudes, you know, that like to talk or whatever, you know. Uh, or cry once in a while, but um, no, they're they're guys that that they're real shepherds. They're real, honest goodness shepherds, and they protect the flock. That's what they do. And sometimes it's tough, but that's what they got to do. And sometimes they have to do that so that people can then draw closer. And that's what they do, so that they can encourage. But that's that's rare. Um, because what he's just talking about here is to build up in a unity of the faith. So that, you know, we all come to the unity of the faith and that to the knowledge of the Son of God, to the perfect man, to the fullness of Christ, which is a maturity. And that's the encouragement here is that we grow and come to a maturity. And that's where he wants us to be at, to be complete and to be perfect, holiness, sanctified, set apart so that we can walk you know, and, and we can have then that uh, a walk worthy of the calling of which he's called us to be. And we've, we've all been called in some manner, in some way. We all have been. And, and in however way God wants to use you, he's called you to that walk worthy of that call. So then...
John 17, he told us to keep us from evil. You know, we should no longer be tossed about by every wind of the doctrine, tricked by men, deceitful plots. He says that we're, we're set apart, you know, by the truth, verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into all things, in, on all things into him who is the head. All this stuff that Jesus said in chapter 17 is, is starting to come out here that we begin to see that is there and it's ours. This is where you're going to be kept from evil right here. And teach and learning about the Word of God and growing in that and 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 the teaching and the unity and the interaction and those kinds of things. It's going to keep us from evil and keep us strong. And when we can get sent out and others can come to know Him, and that's His desire. And we can see this, and then we're set apart by the truth. We understand this, and then we can speak the truth in love and share with other people and that sort of thing. And it all fits together. wow i guess i'm doing good anyway verse 16 in the amplified check this out for because of him the whole body the church in all of its various parts closely joined and firmly knitted together by the joints and ligaments with which it is supplied when each part with um, power adapted to its need is working perfectly in all of its or properly in all of its function grows to full maturity building itself up in love wow so there it is this is the best place we're separated from this corrupt world we are members of christ's body and dwelt with the Holy Spirit being built up to perfection, which is maturity, lifting each other up, supporting each other, loving each other, revealing God's grace, love, and mercy to an evil, dark, and corrupt world, to those that are lost, and his desire that none should perish, and so that he's able to send us out. And it's Christ in us, who is the light in the church, is how he's going to shine it. It's him. It's us. It's you. This is the position that he has us in, is to, to grow and, and to, to encourage and to, you know, to share with others and to be a light. And, but we have to understand that in Christ we are joined and firmly knitted together by the joints and ligaments we're like a real body you know i i i mean i can't i can't do away with a chunk of me somewhere and still function and and i can't and and we all are joined and knitted together and that's what he's saying and so there's a unity here and a strength and a power that's in that that we've got to have. I can't take my heart out and still function. There's no way. You know, I can't remove my brain, you know, even though some of you think I have. You know, um, I haven't, you, I have not, I can't do that and function. I can't walk. I wouldn't be alive. And so there's pieces here that, yeah, there's chunks that we can get along with. And there's a lot of churches out there that are getting along in pieces. Oh, and then they're disjointed. 
and the hands are far away and the feet or whatever and there's all kinds of weirdness and they're, they're in pieces all over the place. Maybe they're those sacrifices that have been cut in pieces and put up there. And they're all calling out in different spots. But we're not that. We are that sacrifice that is on the altar together with eyes wide open. And we are in unity and we are filled with the Spirit of God. And we are one in that. And we aren't separated out. And we're saying, Lord, use us. And he's like, yeah, right on, I will. And we're like going, cool, because that's our reasonable service. That's what's logical. It's not even like I, the fingers over here going, I, I want to be special, man. You know, and it's like, yeah, we'll stop that. Because you aren't. You know, we're all together in one. And so, and, and then he's like, okay. I won't do that anymore. And so then he stops trying to promote himself and be something more than he is because he is what he is because we are all one together in him. And so that's the body. Refresh, renew, revive right here in this body of which you are in Christ. And that's it. And he didn't think I could do it, but I did. And so, now, I'm going to pray here in a second, and the worship team can go ahead and come on up if they would like. And, uh, but when you guys go back there, you know, go ahead and go back and, and get a pastry or something and, and leave your kids in the classroom for a little while and, and enjoy, you know, the things that are back there so that you guys can, you know, uh, fellowship together a little bit and stuff. And then you can go and get the kids and, and bring them in. But go back there and enjoy, you know, let the kids stay in their rooms and play for a while to about 830 or whatever and let them do their thing. And then, uh, you know... You know they can they can go back and uh, uh, then then once you can set them free and they can go and get whatever's left over and all that kind of stuff. They're kids, you know. What do you know? They don't know. You know. No, that's not true. But anyways, um, you then we can enjoy that. So let's pray. Our gracious heavenly Father, Lord, we're in awe of you. We're in awe of your word. We can't believe, Father, that you give so much, but it never stops. And you keep unifying us and you keep strengthening us and you keep pouring into us over and over and over. Lord, we pray for Pastor Zeke and the pastors here and the leadership and all the teachers and those that serve here and stuff and this worship team and everything. And we pray, Father, for continued strength. They'll always be led by your spirit, Father. They'll always be focused on you. They'll always listen to your voice and be always led by your prompting. That it will always be by your spirit, Father. That this body will always be strong in you and unified in you. That this can be a a true body of ligaments and, and joints and stuff all knitted together by you, by your spirit. We praise you, Lord, that you love us so much, that you give so much, and that we can always grow in you. We can always learn your word and that you will always be glorified. Use us as a light, Father. Send us out. We pray, Lord, we glorify you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.